Welcome to the Shelf Shedding Movie Show. I'm your host, Jason Dubray. This is the fourth year, but the third year with my guest on If We Shed the Nominees. Um, and I have returned to the show. It's been a while. Kurt Fitzpatrick, who kindly agreed for a third year in a row to do a massive amount of movie watching and Oscar movie watching. And I think you were watching, like me, some movies that we thought might be in the Oscar conversation that ended up not being in there. The payoff is that part of the show, we will be mentioning some performances and maybe some films that we think uh, should have been nominated. We're focusing on two uh, categories for this episode, Best Supporting Actor and Best Supporting Actress. And if you haven't listened to one of these shows before, uh, what's going to happen is we're going to go through each of the nominees. We'll have a, you know, a bit of a discussion sort of half review them, I guess. Um, and then at the end of that, uh, we're going to each separately award points. I'm using my new format for points. Uh, in this case, there's five nominees in all the, the categories we'll be talking about for this show. Uh, when we eventually get to the best picture show, there's 10 nominees. So in that case, we'll be kind of doing uh, a 10 to one type of thing, but our number one will get five points, our number two will get four, et cetera, to the one that we least enjoy of, of the five nominees. We'll add the points together and hopefully shed a few, one or two, and, and move it down to three nominees in the acting categories. And with that massive uh, 10 picture, best picture category, go back down to five as it should be, and it should have always been even though the last two years, I would say it's getting a little bit more justified to have 10 nominees in the Best Picture categories. That's my opening rant here, but uh, Kurt, welcome back to the show. Thank you for being on, and thank you for the hours of work that goes into these episodes. Thank you, Jason, for having me on the show. Um, yes, I always enjoy doing this because as I finally remember growing up and watching Siskel and Ebert, which to me was... Uh, kind of a I think I've talked about this years before but um they were my that was my intro into like film criticism and looking at film in a, in a whole different way and getting into like even independent film and foreign film um and I and I always loved the um Siskel and Ebert would sit would do I uh how we would pick the Oscars so yes if we pick the winners They'd always yeah, say the winners, like, yeah. it would be so much better if we picked the winners and and they would come up with really unique winners. Like it would not be necessarily the main people you would be thinking of. So which yeah. can can happen. And I you know, I and it might even happen uh with us because I remember some of our choices were not necessarily the way that the Academy went in, in previous years. So Yeah, I think last year I picked Top Gun Maverick as my yes, best. Which picture. I thought was a better choice than the movie that won. No disrespect to everything, everywhere, all at once. But I, I was really excited when you picked that one. Yeah, I thought, yeah, why not? I mean, if if it is a an exceptionally well made popcorn movie, you know, it should probably be in the conversation. That wasn't necessarily my pick, obviously, but uh, but it was still um, still a really cool pick, you know. And I, 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 I love that movie a lot. So I was I was happy about that. I know we got into it. Uh, I, I really exaggerate how much we got into it, but we did get into it in some of the acting categories last year. And, you know, yeah. History, yeah, there was a movie. history will remember you well and me not so well, because I I think it was about this time that we recorded it before 
some of the precursor awards came out and um i was shocked that you picked jamie lee curtis yeah and there I was she didn't stand a chance i thought well maybe she'll get nominated but then she went on a run winning everything and easily won that oscar so yeah well there was a movie that came out in 2023 it was called you hurt my feelings and i was like wow they, they made a movie about you know our conversation about me hearing you <laughs> saying these awful things about jamie lee curtis but it was actually a whole other storyline it was with uh, it had nothing you know, to do with our lives movie. yeah I would, I, i'd still recommend it i think it was filmed it was filmed before we had the conversation so oh yeah. was it oh, okay yeah yeah that explains no that. i no i i know i was facetiming julia louis dreyfus the next day about our conversation yes but, yes um, I recommend just, that movie too. Yeah, it, yeah. It's not nominated, but it is not nominated. No, no. <laughs> but it was good. It's good. You have to wait another year. She's circling, uh, circling around the critical fences. She's had a couple uh, near misses in, in some movies uh, the last few years. There. I think she's. Um, I know this episode is not about Julia Louis Dreyfus, but I think she, I think she is really good, and I think her performance, like her performance in that movie, was a seamless seamless performance and i think that's why it she makes it look too easy yeah and i think that's the thing we'll and we'll get into with the nominated performances and maybe some of our uh our our dark horses or we wish they were nominated um it's not always subtlety that that wins you the oscar unfortunately um and so sometimes there were some really good but maybe a little bit too subtle performances out there that and you can't nominate everybody. Other organizations seem to be on this kick. I'm glad the Oscars haven't done this, where they're they're adding a sixth nominee. The Golden Globes did it. I think the Critics' Choice did it. Oh, um, I was aware of that. Okay. SAG didn't, which I'm happy about, and and the Academy because it just it just feels like yes, you can you can get some more people nominated, but then it feels like less of an achievement now to be nominated. And for a little while I was thinking it was, it's less of achievement to get a best picture nomination. It's still an achievement, but it was a real achievement when it was five and you were stuck in a great year, like 1999 or uh, 1994 uh, or 1991, where there could legitimately have been 10 nominees, but you made the cut and you beat out some of those other films. Now it's just kind of, you know, it, it doesn't feel quite the same as much as last year. I thought the 10 solid films, they, they weren't all my favorite, but they were really good. This year, I think we, we have 10 solid nominees. There may have been some other ones that could have made the cut as well here. But we're going to be focusing on the supporting actor categories and supporting actress. Do you have any general thoughts about those this year before we... Uh, Start to look at. I think we'll start off with best supporting actor. Oh, general thoughts. Um, I have specific thoughts. We could get into that. Um, well, we get into the review. Hopefully. Yeah, yeah. The the uh, the general thoughts. I thought uh, I know for because I I did my rankings, and best supporting actress was a hard one. It was it was hard to rank that one. A little bit easier for me with the supporting actor. I mean, a lot of good work, you know, here. So yeah, well, I'm I'm interested because I. We, we don't always completely line up, but we we might we might might not this year. It's, it'll be an interesting thing in it, how, how this is going to go here. But yeah, it, uh, it's all it's also partially. I guess I'm also considering. Well, I'm considering how much I enjoyed the movie as well. Hmm. It's it's interesting watching the nominations this year. Um, a lot of these movies are not are they're uncomfortable to watch. And, they are. That doesn't mean they're bad movies at all, by any means. 
but there are definitely some movies that just were there were some, you know some movies that were just enjoyable to watch there were even those movies had some hard moments but then there were there were some movies here that it's like ooh all right yeah. people could do yeah. better <laughs> it's like people you know it's it's uh, calls some people out on their actions over the years mm-hmm. some of these movies so well there's all i mean even it's a, a relatively it's a PG romantic movie that's part of the awards rounds this year, which has some of the most uncomfortable scenes that you could ever imagine. But that's where it elevates it from being something where it's like, oh, did I really want to watch this romantic movie? And then when I saw it, I was like, wow, this is fantastic. So you might know which one I'm talking about. but uh, I do. I wasn't going to say you, yeah. you just let it slip. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know, I know what you're talking about. And yes, I did. Might as well just admit it now. Yes, I, I did really enjoy that movie. I wouldn't. Um, yes. That wasn't, that, that wasn't the most uncomfortable one it's, I watched. It's not. No. I'm just saying, no, no. Even, in, I, even in the romantic movies, there was uncomfortables. <laughs> but, I, but yeah, no, I understand. I'll have a lot to say about that, yeah. that movie when we, we uh, get to it. But yeah, that, that, movie, was, uh, that movie was a joy in in general was a, mm-hmm. a joy to watch yeah i, I think actually like I, I was waiting for kind of the the really great movies la, la, last year i thought 20 or last like 2022 movie year i thought from beginning to end it was filled up with all of these amazing films i kept waiting for the engine to get started a little bit and it was really a little bit more pushed into late fall into christmas new year i think but a whole ton of these movies came out um, and if I'd been to a bunch of film festivals, I maybe would have been able to see some of these ahead of time and would be saying, oh, yeah, that's, you know, 2023 is a really good year. Yeah. I wasn't sure I'd be saying that coming into this show uh, about, I don't know, four months ago. But here I am saying I think it was a, it was a pretty good year for film again. So yeah. that's, that's a good thing. I don't know what this, I... this next year is going to be interesting because of the, the, the two strikes that happened and uh, yeah. a little bit slow to get things produced and out there, which, you know, and I'm, I'm glad that that, uh, as somebody who's in a, in a, a situation right now, where we're dealing with the government with our contracts. It's, it was, it was nice to see that things, it was a very important time for writers and actors to strike and to prevent some actions potentially by studios that would be, I mean, anti-art, anti-cinema, anti-everything I, that, that, that I would stand for as far as the history of, of, of cinema and, uh, and and television as well. So I'm really glad, as hard as that would have been, to have been been out there and striking that long, as, as the writers yes. and the actors had to. So yeah, I was out striking a bit. I'm yeah. a Screen Actors Guild member. Yeah, and you uh, vote in the Screen Actors Guild awards. Yes, yeah, I do yes. that as well. Yes, I do not. So this will just be me. Okay. My my opinions are not going to move farther than this conversation, unfortunately. But. Well, speaking of uh, opinions, we have we have uh, maybe we let it slip a couple times, but we have really worked hard not to reveal our the opinions. I don't put stuff on Facebook about movies <laughs> that I've been that I've been liking or disliking. Mm-hmm. I said because I guess I could put it up and hide hide you <laughs> status from you, but you could. Yeah, that's, that yeah. seems rude. That seems rude. So no, I just uh, I'm just block me or whatever. <laughs> I can't reach you anymore. No, no, I wouldn't do that. So I've just I've been holding it all in. So okay, 
Well, we yeah. need to get some of them out here. And we're yeah, going to start off with Best Actor in a Supporting Role. The nominees are Sterling K. Brown as Clifford Ellison in American Fiction, Robert De Niro as William Hale in Killers of the Flower Moon, Robert Downey Jr. as Louis Strauss in Oppenheimer, Ryan Gosling as Ken in Barbie, Mark Ruffalo as Duncan Benderburn in Poor Things. So... Let's talk about each nominee a little bit here before we uh, start awarding points and letting the world know who we, we would vote for. Starting off with Sterling K. Brown in American Fiction. This is a, a performance I saw recently. I was I had to wait on two of the uh, Oscar-nominated films, American Fiction and The Zone of Interest, until just over the last couple of, of weeks here. But uh, I, I went to my movie theater and I saw both of them, and so feeling kind of ready to go here. Uh, Sterling K. Brown, he's had a, a great few years. I mean, it kind of goes back to the People versus O.J. Simpson. Uh, and he gave this really terrific, I believe he won the Emmy for it, uh, performance in, in that. And in where it was a miniseries with a lot, there were a lot of movie stars in it. It was uh, just a, very good. a solid beginning to end, riveting, limited series. I mean, it really was among the best of the last 10 years. And I didn't really know the guy. And I was like, who is this guy? Because he is outshining some of the A-listers in there. And I was, I was really happy that he got attention for it. And it was about a year after that, this little TV show called This Is Us came out. And yeah. again, an ensemble show, but he was a major standout for many seasons. He won, I think, a couple of Emmy Awards uh, in that show. I think more people would know him from that. This is a different character for him, but I think the of, of those three roles, and I know he's been in a few other things. Um, I, I never did catch up on the marvelous Mrs. Maisel because I think he had a pretty good role in in that for one of the later seasons as well. Oh, I didn't know he was in that. Okay. Yeah, I think he got, he got an Emmy nomination as a supporting actor for their okay. second last season. Maybe what I would say is that at first, when when his character is introduced, he's he's playing. Um, he's a plastic surgeon. He lives in Arizona, and he's Jeffrey Wright's brother and uh it's a family they're 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 dealing with uh, a few situations again a little bit spoiler but there is one death in the family and then there is uh their mother who um has uh, alzheimer's and it is it, it is a comedy it is a satire but it also has some serious moments i kind of thought early on that this was kind of a role that he could do in his sleep a bit but then there are some key scenes along the way where Again, we talked about the kind of the internalization, and sometimes that's tougher for uh, academy members and voters to kind of get behind. But the reactions to some things, because he is a character who's recently come out, and he's so he's been divorced, and he's had all, all kinds of difficulties, and he has a lot of anger towards uh, his his childhood. And then there's these comments that will come up, and then he will suddenly get very, you know, he. He's almost participating in the family. Then he'll back away. And then he'll get angry and fight or flight, and he will fly away. I think he does a really good job. I'm not sure that his performance is my favorite thing about American fiction, but uh, what did you think of Sterling K. Brown? Yeah, I thought he was great. Um, I enjoyed his performance very much. I also was a, a fan of his from over the years, um, for, from the OJ show. And uh, this is, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, um, this is us. Is it This Is Us? The Story of Us? This Is Us, yeah. This Is Us, yeah. Yeah. Um, yes, I enjoyed it very much. I I really loved American fiction as well. I have a problem with the ending of the movie. That was the only thing. 
I think you and I will be doing a high five on that. But yeah. Okay. Uh, but up until then, I have to give the movie. I I really I greatly enjoyed that whole movie. I enjoyed the cast in general. Jeffrey Wright, I thought was also really good. So yeah, I'm giving him I'm giving him a high rating on this. I'm giving yeah. Sterling K. Brown a, a high rating. I think he was. I think I think everything I've seen him in, he's been solid. So I was really happy to see him in this movie and. And I'm and, happy that he's got recognition here. And you know, so, sometimes uh, we we run into the idea where somebody who's actually given a lead performance is in the supporting category. Yeah, there's been a lot of examples. This is truly a supporting role. I mean, he doesn't have a whole ton of screen time, but he has right. just the right amount of screen time to make an impact and has has a key purpose in the story, I think. And so I'm left liking the performance. I Maybe you, you like it a bit more than I do, but I, I'm happy for him that he's now an Academy Award nominee. So next we go to Robert De Niro as William Hale. And again, he's not no stranger to the Oscars, but this is, uh, if you would believe, the last time that Robert De Niro was nominated for a Martin Scorsese movie was 1991's Cape Fear. Okay. And since then, he's only had two nominations as an actor. He was nominated for uh, Silver Linings Playbook, and now for this. I thought a few years ago, you know I'm an enormous, we reviewed it on the show, a fan of The Irishman. Right. I thought De Niro should have been in the best actor category. He should have made the cut. I was happy that Pesci and Pacino got got their nominations, but he, he really anchored that three-and-a-half-hour film here. But in this case, he, he is part of a really good ensemble, and uh, he gets his, to sink his teeth into a villainous role. And, he, you know, this guy's really horrible, but it's not the kind of villain like Max Cady from, from Cape Fear or somebody who's, like, biting people's cheeks off and that kind of um, violence. Like, he, he is a guy who seems like he is friends with the, the, the Osage people, but at the same time, he is profiting off of their deaths. And he's then publicly uh, lying about what he does. And then he's, he's, he's found several people to kind of follow him, including Leonardo DiCaprio's uh, character. I, I think he was just such a strong performance. The last several years, he's done a lot of these comedies and like uh, bad grandpas and, and like different things that I haven't even really bothered to watch. But if he's working with Scorsese or if he's working with uh, David O. Russell or I'm, I'm a little bit more interested in seeing that serious type of work from De Niro. And yeah, I, I'm really, really happy he's nominated and he's darn close for, for, uh, for er earning my vote here. So, but uh, yeah, so that's, that's kind of my take on him playing William Hale. And there's a, again, just one more example. There, there's this great, this key scene that happens after this whole, a murder has happened that has gone kind of sideways that uh, D that De Niro has with DiCaprio, and it was just as intense as anything you would see in a Goodfellas or a Casino or any of the the mobster films. And in his way, he's kind of running. A, he, he's a gangster. He's the the boss of this, but he's also a political figure. So it's a to me uh, one of the highlights of Killers of the Flower Moon is De Niro's performance, this late career performance. So anyway, yeah. that's my yeah spiel on that. Yeah, no, that was one of the movies that was definitely hard to watch. It was very long, mm -hmm. and it was, yeah, his his character was in, his character had to be sympathetic to the Osage people. Like, he was just, 
he was pretty much this monster who was running, um, you know, like a like a long term horrible situation. You know, it wasn't just like one thing he was pulling off. He was grooming Leonardo DiCaprio to, Mm -hmm. you know, do stuff, and it was it was something like his plan was ultimately taking years and years. And he had to present himself as sympathetic to the to the Osage people, and he was as successful in that. But yeah, I mean, he was one of the elements of the movie that was uncomfortable to watch. It was like God, and this is this is based on a real person. This there was there was, actually, there was somebody who was this horrible. Yeah, it's like wow, <laughs> this is pretty bad. Yeah, and I mean, like that's thing like it truly in it truly is a horror story i mean yeah <laughs> it really is oh, it's, it's not it's not like a horror film at all but uh it's no, like yeah. a historical drama but uh, and it gets away with this for decades and decades and decades and yeah. you know that and what what does it come down to trying to get oil and land and eradicate a people so that you can take everything that they have on their land and it's uh you know and this is a microcosm of 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 the the genocide that was experienced uh by by native americans and so yeah, yeah anyway i that started to talk about the film overall but i i really think de niro it, like it's interesting for de niro to keep surprising me after all of these years that he really disappeared in this character like you yeah. you could see it's Initially, it's oh, there's Robert De Niro in these glasses, and he's done it in a nice costume and for a period piece. But then he really loses himself in the character. So um, yeah, I can say too, when I say I'm 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 uncomfortable watching these or whatever, like that's okay. I, I I'm You're supposed to supposed I'm supposed to be uncomfortable. Yeah, not, yeah, no, 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 uncomfortable. Yeah, no, it's I'm not uh, saying like oh, I shouldn't do this. Is not like I know these these people actually went through like horrible stuff. So I have a, you know, I I don't. I, I have, yeah, that's that's what I wanted to say about that. Our third nominee is Robert Downey Jr. as Louis Strauss in Oppenheimer. Mm-hmm. Here, here, here's Robert Downey Jr. It'll be really interesting to to graph his career at some point. Um, oh, yeah, sure because, would. Because we have this whole generation. I mean, and now it's a generation that, like, they aren't young, young anymore. They are, they are at, in their adulthood. But they grew up with him as Iron Man. They knew him only as Iron Man. And I liked Iron Man and I watched all those Marvel movies. But the whole time I was thinking to myself with one after another after another is like, this is keeping Robert Downey Jr. away from doing important work because he's one of the greatest actors of his generation. And I'm so happy that he has, you know, worked through his his drug addiction, which nearly killed him or, or sent him to jail for the rest of his life in the nineties. And he was, came up in the eighties and was super talented in the nineties. The stuff he was doing was amazing. And he's one of the few guys who could actually like give a A plus level performance when he was using, unfortunately, um, that did not, that was not a good thing because then led him to seem like he was more functional than, than he was. And they said so many points where his career was almost destroyed. And then he kept coming back. He had, fortunately, I think Susan Downey, like soon he, she was a producer on uh, Gothica, I think. And that's where they met. They got married and really kind of strained his life around and then got involved with, with uh, Iron Man and things started to change. And he became then one of the biggest movie stars in the world. But I also know that he 
acted in Chaplin and he had been given all these great performances in Robert Altman movies. And I was waiting and waiting and waiting for the chance. And then when he was done essentially with, with playing Iron Man, I thought, okay, here's the opportunity. And I was waiting and just getting a little bit too anxious. I was waiting two, three, four years for, okay. We, I mean, we had the judge in the middle of his Marvel years, but that didn't really take as much. Robert Duvall got an Oscar nomination for it. But wh where is he did a do little movie? I was like, what, what's he wow. doing? Like now he is, he's free something and work with the best directors. Finally, thank God. Cause I didn't know initially that he was an Oppenheimer until kind of the TV spots came in just before the movie was released. I thought this is great. He's, he's going to be, he's in Christopher Nolan's big, big movie which turned out to be an enormous film. I went in with high expectations for the movie, for obvious reasons, but high expectations for Robert Downey Jr. And somehow he exceeded it beyond my wildest dreams, this performance. And it works really well. I think it has to be, uh, when we end up talking about it, I might there might be a few things about the screenplay that I'll, I'll have to say. But Nolan's been really good as a director of like having magic tricks in his films. He's he's even done movies about that. And not again, not having not read the source material and being a little bit ignorant of some of the history behind this. I didn't know that much about Louis Strauss, and I don't. Those who haven't seen it, I don't want to completely spoil it, even though it's a billion-dollar movie that a lot of people have seen. But when we get to the reveal about what Louis Strauss is doing throughout that movie and how balanced and how brilliant Downey Jr. handles the role, where we think he's kind of a side character or he's, he's one thing, but then he is just as horrible a human being, potentially... You could argue that as the Robert De Niro character we were just talking about. It is handled by a master actor. He's now getting a little bit older. I'm saying to myself, thank God we have Robert Downey Jr. to give this performance. And thank God we have a chance now to recognize somebody who has deserved Oscar recognition for a long time. So I might be uh, completely throwing all of my cards in the air for everybody to see here. But this was one of my favorite performances of the year. And uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm all aboard the Robert Downey Jr. train for this. Kurt, what are your thoughts on it? Well, I highly suspected that this was going to be a problem. <laughs> and here we are. Here we go. <laughs> well, the big reveal is I'm not a big fan of Oppenheimer. Yeah. Well, I, no, I knew that. You hinted at that. Oh, I did? Oh. You did. So I, I really tried not to. Um, yeah. All right, well, Robert Downey Jr., I'll just focus on this Robert Downey Jr. situation. And I thought the way you were the way you were leading up to it, I thought you were going to have the same opinion that I have. But my opinion of Robert Downey Jr. is when he was younger, so years ago, we'd go into like the early 90s, he was like my favorite actor. I, I love Robert Downey Jr. He was, he was in National Born Killers, and he would do like yes. these romantic comedies and any, anything he was in. Uh, less than zero. I mean, he was just a top flight, you know, comedic actor, physical actor, dramatic actor. He, he was the best. And I, and I don't enjoy, I have not enjoyed him in the recent years as I used to back then. I know he went through the whole drug abuse, things like that. And he's, he's really lucky to be alive. Um, yes. I think that younger people, they're not even aware that that happened. People don't even, people don't either, they're not 
because that was like the mid '90s where all that stuff was happening. Where there was an incident where he like ended up in someone's house and he woke up in like a baby's crib or something like that, mm-hmm. and people don't even re- people either aren't aware of that or they don't remember that, and it just so it's it's so it's a, it, it is amazing how people can reinvent themselves. Um, I thought he was fine in the Iron Man movies. My problem with his his role in Oppenheimer, the way I see it, and I thought he was. He was perfectly fine in in Oppenheimer. I I think he's, but I I think he was very good in other movies over the over the years. Well, yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't, I I don't find his role in Oppenheimer anything exceptional if you compare it to his other work that he's had over the years. And I think okay. that we're gonna get I, system reverts. We're gonna get there now. We're we're, we're we're reviewing this performance. We're not reviewing his previous. work. He should okay. have been on ten times. Probably well, this is what I'm time. saying. I think I think that my opinion of why this why his performance in Oppenheimer is being is stands out. I know you feel differently. Is that I think people feel like because I think he probably will win the Oscar, and I think that people in Hollywood, I think he has enough good rapport with people in 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 Hollywood where they're like, okay, this is this is when he's going to get the Oscar. After all these years, he's going to get the Oscar now. And, and I don't necessarily think his performance is better than what he's done over, over the years. So well, I, I feel I, like it's a, I almost feel like it's a career Oscar. He's Yeah. And I, I, I that's what my fear. Like, I hate that idea that, that people are thinking this is a career Oscar. And I, think it, I, I can understand. I, 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 yeah. it, and if it hadn't met my expectations, I, I would have thought, okay, this is going to be an enormous Oscar bait film for sure. I don't know if it'll last all the way from summer till the end, but it seems to have carried some sort of momentum since the summer. Uh, and the, the movie's and, so long, I'm, if you start watching it uh, in the summer, you're not done until December. <laughs> yeah, you had time to watch two movies this year, so that's like, the yeah, other yeah. one. But yeah, that I, one too. <laughs> I would call it if I thought it was a career Oscar performance. I mean, I'm really happy for the guy too, for he himself and like what what he's overcome. And he acknowledges it. He talks about it, you know, and he tries to support other people that people, you know, Hollywood starts to lash out at for for the things that they did. He says, the, "Look right. at all the things I did, and you've forgiven me. Why won't you forgive so and so?" But if it was that case last year, you would have heard me singing the praises of Jamie Lee Curtis because her performance was not the best in that category, and she was given a career Oscar. I mean, I talked to Larry about that last night while recording, is that that wasn't the deserving performance, but people really like her for these years and years and years. I didn't vote for that one because it wasn't worthy against the other four and for that particular year. I honestly, and we're going to talk about the other ones in a minute here, and that's why I like that I kind of have a, a bit of a rank of them, so it's not seeming like I, I hate the other four performances because I think it's a really good list of nominees. But to me, this performance is is the only uh, the only person I think that could compete with it is the one we just talked about, Robert De Niro's performance. Like I, I really feel that this is the best of the five nominated performances. Yes, it would have been nice, maybe like he was nominated for Chaplin and he was nominated for Tropic Thunder. Tropic Thunder was the year of Heath That's Ledger's great. death, so he never had a chance to win for that. I would have uh, said Oscar for that. I would I would have I would have supported that. Yeah, but he was up against Heath Ledger as as the Joker, which was like that that one was okay. 
you know, he, he never had a chance in, in that category, but there, there, there are tons of, there's tons of movies that people, two girls and a guy, a movie people have forgotten. Right. About. Hearts and Souls. He's had a, a great career and, and kinds of terrific performances in, in lots of movies, the gingerbread man, uh, Robert Altman's movie, that another forgotten film. But here we are in 2024 for a 2023 performance. So are we going to kind of go, Oh, okay. Well, he was great before. We're not going to give him the Oscar now. Like, did, did you not like the performance? You said it was fine, but did you? I you did, did, I did like it. I, I liked it, but I guess I didn't find it exceptional, okay. but it's, well, and, but and it's, but it's, yeah, but it's also in that. a movie that I didn't that it, it it was hard for me to get invested in Oppenheimer. Yeah, it was but hard for me. Again, we're judging the performance, not well, the movie. And I know you said that the colors all of your all of your decisions here is how much you like the film versus the performance. Trying to separate, and that was something Siskel and Ebert did a good job of. Is sometimes they would say, I would vote for this person for this performance, but the film is not one that I would vote for. Yeah, that's... Okay, I have to get better with that, I guess, but... Well, you know, you don't have to but, do anything. I'm I just, guess... <laughs> I don't know. But I'm no, I understand I'm challenging you on this. I mean, I... I and I, I feel like I'm going to play defense for a favorite for the for the award here, but, you know, uh, that's just... Yeah. Yeah. You throw <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis into the mix, man. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. That's yeah, cool. Uh, that's cruel. It's cruel. Um... Hey, we can't cut the <laughs> Poor Jamie Lee Curtis. She's not. There's not a year that she's safe. Um, <laughs> for the wrath of Jason. Well, that's just that's how I felt about it. But I think we should go on to the next because we, we kind of but, probably all right. made our uh, Ryan Gosling is Ken in Barbie. All right, here we go again. I, um, I <laughs> this is one I probably the comedic notes in Barbie to me work the best with the Ken stuff. Um, and we do see that, you know, it, it seems like silly in a way, but Ken's character does go on a little, has an arc and has a bit of a journey. It just accepts the fact that Barbie is the center of the world and then sneaks on that trip and goes to our world and discovers, yeah. Oh, men have a lot more power without being like smart or talented or anything in any way. And this is how we should change the Barbie world. There's some fun in that. And I think Gosling serves the film really well. Gosling's a guy like it's sometimes when the performances he gets nominated for are not necessarily the ones that I'm as gaga over, you know, but this is again, replaying history. I would have loved to see him nominated for a movie called drive. I think that's his best screen performance. Oh yeah. But here, I think he serves the role well, but early on, people are saying, "Oh, he's he's got the Oscar locked up." When it came the Barbenheimer weekend, yeah, we're you know Ryan Gosling, he's he's moving, he's not going to put himself in lead actor category, he's going to put himself in supporting actor, and he's got it cased. I, I don't know what that would be based on because this is this is a film that is it's kind of almost it's funny that some other key people didn't get nominated and he did. Because I could see, like, riding the wave if it was, like, a 13-nomination Barbie type of a situation that he is a key part of that cast. An important part of the movie, in a way, not the most important part of the film. So I, I think it's a, you know, it's a good performance from him. He serves it well. He has the, he can sing. He can do the comedic notes that are required. Uh, to me, this is almost, maybe not quite as good, but in the same kind of range as his La La Land performance. Um mm -hmm. 
where you know he's 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 in a really big Oscar bait film, which is entertaining, and he's given some interesting things to play at times. But I'm not sure that this is anywhere close to his best performance. Nor do I think he's among the top of the five gentlemen that are in this category. So, what are your thoughts on uh, Ryan Gosling playing Ken? Yes, I I was thinking about this character afterwards because um, it was it was. I found it to be a tragic character because you have this, um, I don't know, it was kind of sad because he was Barbie's boyfriend, but she didn't have any use for him. Like she just kind of disregarded him. He was kind of hanging on and um, like his job was beach. Like it wasn't even a lifeguard. The job was just beach. And I kind of thought, you know, and he's like his, his girlfriend's Barbie. She doesn't even have female parts i don't think he has any parts mm-hmm. <laughs> so they don't even know what to do she doesn't have any she wants to spend time with her friends every night not him it was just this sad depraved i don't know if de- de- depraved is the right word but depressed maybe mm-hmm. it was just and i just thought that's a sad i hope i don't end up like that like some like bleach blonde you know and the other thing was it was sad that he was like if he's twenty five and you're kind of lost is one thing, but he's clearly forty, around forty, and he's got his shirt open, but you could tell he's not twenty years old. Like, like oh, I'm beach, and I just think to myself, I, I I'd be older than that. But is that what's going to happen to me? I'm going to be on a beach with like blonde hair, sort of like you're trying to look young, but you don't look young. You just look weird. <laughs> it's like. It happens. <laughs> so I thought, oh yeah, we see people like that. I, punk rock people who are like sixty and they're trying to look punk rock. It's like, no, you and your. This is what this is what was this is the what I was thinking about like the day after seeing Barbie. Okay, just how someone's like holding on to something, and it, they're just he was just trying to find some usefulness. So I was affected <laughs> affected by this performance. Yeah. Um, in a way, it was a brave performance. You know, it was a it was a brave kind of role, and I liked the um, the musical stuff was effective. That stuff reminded me of like old old Hollywood movies where they would have these big musical numbers. Do you like that? Yes, I did. I did. Yeah, I I, I like the music in in, and I think that's probably that song category. I'm actually surprised they didn't get three songs in because all along they kind of had three yeah. songs. The Dua Lipa one was left off the list. I'm very curious. Between the Billie Eilish song and uh, I, uh, I'm Just Ken, which one's going to win? I think there's a real movement towards it. I'm Just Ken. Yet, I don't know. That's, again, my more my thing. I, I like the, it might be a more traditional Oscar winning type of song, but the Billie Eilish one is one I like a little bit more uh, than that. But I... What I, I think is kind of clever about there's there are more than one thing there's more than one thing that's clever about Gearwig and uh, Noah Baumbach's script for Barbie is that if we take Ken's character and we do a reverse gender, I think this is very much the way that some women feel sometimes. Right. Is that you know they're pursuing this relationship with somebody who is just kind of only has use for them when they want something, and then no, I'm, I'm not going to pay attention to you. I'm going out with my my bros tonight, type of thing. And they're you know giving up years and giving up time for this one person, uh, where it's, it is kind of going nowhere and it's it's a little bit loveless. And and yet, like it's just kind of bringing to 
uh, a heterosexual male audience watching Gosling's performance, like, oh, that's horrible. I wouldn't want to live my life like that. But there are people that, you know, of of all genders that that experience uh, that feeling. But yeah, you're right. It, it is it is uh, interesting that that it was that effective for you, and obviously points to to Gosling for for this. So this is not performance I dislike. I think he serves the story well. Uh, if you can get Ryan Gosling to play this role in your film, do it. Right. And he, he he's very good with Margot Robbie. He's very funny in the scenes in the real world. And he gets that like that goofy leather jacket. He come and then those those jeans like those jeans and his costuming and and all those choices. Like uh, he's a sport. You know he 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 really is. And I think it was uh, yeah it was kind of uh, a brilliant thing. And he did the role because of his his daughters and this incident yeah. that he had where where they were playing with their barbies but ken was just left in the mud and, <laughs> and he was yeah. like okay so i need to kind of give life to to this guy in the story so yeah uh, yeah barbie I maybe more yeah i think well i know we'll 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 talk more about barbie but i found uh i found barbie uncomfortable to watch the points yeah yeah, yeah. that doesn't mean you know as i've said before it doesn't mean it's bad i thought there was a lot i was i w i had a lot i was thinking a lot about Barbie. There are things I thought about too. Might have been like different, but uh, then our, our 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 fifth nominee is Mark Ruffalo playing Duncan uh, Wedderburn in Poor Things. He's kind of a sleazy lawyer who uh, decides to take Emma Stone away from her kind of her home. Uh, for those who don't know the Poor Things story, it's a wild one. She's essentially a woman who killed herself, and Willem Dafoe has regenerated her and brought her back to life, and she's a child when we first see her in a uh, grown woman's body. And at about the time she's discovering sex, she uh, meets Ruffalo and then leaves this house and the security of it to go all through Europe with um, this seemingly rich, somewhat successful man, but he's uh, he's got his problems. Describing that story and that intro is is a real joy and there's a lot of joys that i'm going to talk about with poor things but the academy missed a real opportunity in here because they nominated the wrong performance that's what i was going to say willem dafoe should be taking mark ruffalo's place in this category ruffalo serves the story well but i never really cared for either the character i'm not supposed to like the character at all but i didn't i i failed to see and i've only seen it Watch the movie once, so maybe the second time I see it, it'll, it'll dawn on me what is so brilliant about this performance. Because I've heard people talk about that Ruffalo nearly steals the movie, and I'm like, seriously? No. Not with Emma Stone gives the best performance of her, in my opinion, her career to this point. Why? I mean, I love Mark Ruffalo. I thought he should have won the Oscar for Spotlight a few years ago. Uh, he's He's a guy who gets nominated a lot. I just didn't think that this was another role he should be nominated for. I think there were other d deserving people. So it's not, I, I almost, sadly, I almost think he's the weak link in the film. Uh, and it's, there aren't a lot of weak links in it. I mean, yeah, he, he serves the story well, but what did he do that was so extraordinary in this movie? Can you help me out with this, Kurt, or are we on the same page? Yeah, we're on the same page. I also think that the there was a hybrid creature and it was it was a, the body of a chicken and the head of a bulldog. And I thought that should have got a nomination for like best supporting something. Well, the animal categories. Yeah, I love those little Even before, before I, the love the, I love those little characters. Yeah, it was a bulldog chicken. I want yeah. one of those. Um oh I agree. I was I was gonna say the same exact thing. William Defoe as God 
They, they can't they can't stop and get ice cream because God will scare the children. God, my father. Yeah. God, I, my father. This was a disturbing. This is a bit of a disturbing movie to watch. There was a lot of it is non, nonstop. I don't even know how these movies get made. I guess it was a, Emma, 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 Emma Thompson. What, what, what's that? I think it was a very prominent novel. Like it was a bestseller. Oh, was it? Oh, yeah. Stone, okay. I think, was part of, of buying it. And yeah, I think she's got to get behind it. Yeah, and she's got to get behind it, and yeah. they get money for this. This craziness. <laughs> it's 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 a brave performance by her as well. Uh, but yes, I didn't think Mark Ruffalo. I I don't when I when I think of the movie, I don't really think about Mark Ruffalo. Um, there's somebody else who should have gotten nominated. Can I skip ahead? That lady who played the madam, she was great. Yeah, that was a colorful performance. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that wasn't mentioned at all and should have been in the consideration, yeah. I don't even yeah. know. We should say I should look up her name so we could pay her respect. So, yeah, that's I, I, I agree with uh, what you said about that because that movie has a lot to offer. That's a, that, that movie is a lot to, lot to take in. And um, Mark Ruffalo was not the big takeaway. I would yeah. even say her first, like, uh, Liam Defoe's student, like his assistant, he, he kind of was... You know, he made as much of an impact yeah. or maybe even more. He's the guy from the TV show Ram, Remy or Remy or I forget if it's Showtime or HBO. Oh, and he's okay. kind of a comedic, I think a comedic actor. He was very and good. Somebody along the way said you should start like doing some movie work or something. So it's okay. a pretty good film to be part of. But yeah, I, I thought he was solid too. And I, I'm not saying Mark Ruffalo is not solid in this this movie, but it, I just you can see him acting like it's 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 big versus the the others are on a it's big it's a big situation, but somehow they're grounding it like the every Stone is completely earnest in everything that she is doing, and so is Willem Dafoe. Um, yeah, but it feels like okay, Ruffalo, I've got this colorful character, so I'm going to act the heck out of it, and it felt more forced to me. Maybe that's the thing I'm wrestling with. Is it well, that's for a guy who's been so good and so so strong and at points quite subtle to be yeah. trying as hard as that when he didn't necessarily need to because he had golden material in this film. That's what I thought about Oppenheimer. They weren't mostly not seamless performances. They were acting. I didn't uh, yeah. I didn't think I didn't I never did see Robert Downey Jr. acting in that movie. No, uh, maybe more so some of the other people. But anyway, I did find the name of the actress is Catherine Hunter. She plays Catherine the young, Hunter. she's the madam. Looks like she was also she played Arabella Fig in the oh. Harry Potter film series. I, she looked very familiar to me when, when I saw oh. her, and it's this—it's uh, a very, uh, very distinct look. And she was yeah. the perfect person for this role. Yeah, so I did enjoy her. She was also yeah. in the movie that we we covered last year, I believe, the Joel Cohen's "The Tragedy of the Scottish Play." She was the yes. Three Witches. Oh, that's where I saw. Oh, so good for her. She's, She's doing some interesting work. Yeah, like she should have been in the. I, I think at the time I might have even said that the conversation for best supporting actress that year because that was such a unique take on 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 the witches but yeah yeah okay i did i didn't just didn't recognize because of how they did that that actor is being so that so that's kind of a, sh a shout out for the supporting actress yeah you know, yeah could have been nominated do you want to do some points and then we'll talk about we'll 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 see what we shed and then we'll talk about yeah did you made uh, the cut Oh, okay. You wanted to mention. Uh, so you want to hold off on. Yeah, we'll wait till other, we're other possibilities for other possibilities. possibilities. Unless you want to do that now, I'm I'm open to it. 
Yeah, let's let's talk about other because we sort of start off. I think we both agree, Willem Dafoe. Yeah, William Dafoe. I'm looking, yeah. looking at see. There's a lot of 2023 movies. Fortunately, I've not seen. Oh, the 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 guy who played the um the husband in May December. I know he was he Charles was kind Melton. Of, is his name. Yeah, yeah. he was. He was I, I in the running. Was, yeah, yeah. The, I thought that was a lock for a yeah. nomination. This is going to be a theme throughout our the ones that should be nominated. I I'm still kind of puzzled what happened with with May December. It could be the content and some of the characters are are kind of unappealing characters, but so are some of the one people were talking about. In the I category. know, I know, I but well, yeah. he he had almost emerged as an early favorite to win the award, and then he doesn't even make the cut. It's a really uh, I think the difference is amazing though, moments in that performance yeah. that, uh, um, that scene on the roof with his son, and then that scene when he confronts Natalie Portman and says, "This isn't a story. This is my life." Like I mean, it feels mm-hmm. like a for your consideration type of scene. But he does a, a way of making that like us really feel for this poor guy and, and kind of where he's at. So totally agree. Yeah, I think the problem with Bay December is that although the it was uncomfortable to watch, there's not really it's not like some of these other movies where there's like a, a history of guilt and wrong doing. Mm-hmm. This was sort of like a, this, this was like somebody made a really bad decision. Mm hmm. You know, May December, at least in my opinion. It had, it had some ripple effects too, and I mean, you know. Yeah, well, it was two female characters because yeah. people don't, you know, some people don't remember like what what happened to that couple and that like the teacher in Florida who had a child with her student. I mean, you know, so um, it's, not like the, it's not like the Osage people's tragedies. It's not, yeah, it's no, not like it's no. not like uh, patriarchy has you know done all this. So it's. It's not really like a c- cause people can get behind. Yeah, you know, yeah, so it's, I, it's, I guess so. Yeah, but I, it, I, I, that's what that's what I would say. It's because I mean, yeah, whether it's abuse or not. The other thing is, it really leaves you to interpret for yourself. Like the ending's very uncomfortable in that movie because you're yeah. you're left with like, who, who am I supposed to side with? And was this child abuse likely? Yes, but where are they at now with it? I mean, I, I don't know. Right. I think it very. I think it, it is nominated for. Screenplay, I believe, but yeah, um, it is, yeah. But, yeah. but that was its only nomination, that none of the actors uh, got nominated. Did you have any other shout-outs for this category? Uh, for actor, I'm looking at the list of movies I saw. I could have seen more movies. Uh, no, I think that would be it. I have another yeah. actress, but we can get we'll get to that. We'll talk to but when we talk about that category. Yeah, yeah you mentioned my my. My top two. The third one I would I would throw out there is Dominic Ceza, uh, first performance in The Holdovers. Oh yeah, um, he really held his own with Pete Paul Giamatti there, and in in many scenes and and handled the 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 screenplay. And there's some tough stuff in there. I I thought that was uh, that was quite good. I believe he was kind of up for he was up for some precursor awards, like kind of newcomer of the year at the Critics Choice, which I think he probably right. won, and. It might have been, don't quote me, the BAFTAs or something, maybe gave him a supporting actor nomination. But yeah, I, I think if the, again, we did like have a 10 nomination run for the holdovers, I think right. he might have made the cut and I would have been perfectly fine with him being part of the list. But Charles Melton and Willem Dafoe, those, those two not being on the list really still kind of blow my mind. Um, I just think yeah. those are you know, two really strong performances. So, And the Bulldog so now, Chicken. 
So now it's going to be the, the interesting thing here where we're because we're oh, in wait. different places with some of these. I did want to say, is the bulldog chicken, would that be an actor or actress? Because a chicken is traditionally female, right? And a bulldog. This is where they'll bulldog. have to have an uh, is... open or non-gender category or something like that because because one was female and one was male. So they, 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 they you know, which, where do you submit? They. Well, I hope they make themselves into another movie. They, yeah. Into another movie. I would. Completely making that up. I have no idea what the, what the story I'd is. cast them. Those are animals, but yeah, they made an impression on you. That's for sure. <laughs> they, absolutely. I don't know how they couldn't make an impression on anybody. <laughs> the jarring your thing. Your saw them and what's your brain and you can't unsee it. So. No. I was like, wow, that's, I'd be a little freaked out if I saw that running around. <laughs> okay, points. Let's go through the order here. Sterling K. Brown, how many points would you give? Uh, he got a five. And Mr. Robert De Niro. He ranked it three. Robert Downey Jr. Two. Ryan Gosling. Four. And yeah. Mark Ruffalo. Just one. Here are my points. I would give Sterling K. Brown as Clifford Ellison two and a half. Robert De Niro as William Hale. Four points. Robert Downey Jr. as Louis Strauss. Five. Ryan Gosling playing Ken. Two and a half points. And Mark Ruffalo as Duncan Wedderburn. One point. So we'll, we'll talk about who our votes. We have different votes, obviously, but let's talk about the yeah. total points first. So based on the votes, the, the winner for uh, Best Supporting Actor would actually be Sterling K. Brown for American Fiction with 7.5 points. And then a tie at second uh, for Robert De Niro and Robert Downey Jr. at seven. Ryan Gosling then fourth with six and a half points and two points only for Mark Ruffalo. So shedding the nominees, the nominees would be Sterling K. Brown for American Fiction, Robert De Niro for Killers of the Flower Moon, and Robert Downey Jr. for Oppenheimer. So obviously, I think we probably made our... our you knew from my description that Robert Downey Jr. was my vote. I gave lots of time yeah. for this one. I'm going to go to over to you because obviously sterling k brown would be your vote would be your choice so tell me about that oh like why would i why would you vote for him over yeah the others Sorry, <laughs> well accusatory <laughs> didn't mean that <laughs> why would you vote no he's your he's your pick so why would he be your pick of the i it's probably primarily because that was the movie that i made the most impact on me that was the movie that i enjoyed mm-hmm the most and i've enjoyed sterling k brown the, the most i mean it's also you know taking into account my feelings about all the other other performances and yeah. how they functioned in the movies that they were in yeah i felt that he served like i said i've i have enjoyed him over the years but i it was a movie that i enjoyed very much and he also i thought he served the movie very well i thought it was a, it was a good performance in in the movie as opposed to, like we said, Mark Ruffalo didn't didn't necessarily he wasn't like the, the one who stood out in the movie. Robert Robert Downey Jr. I feel it's a career risk. I, I know you don't feel this way, but I wasn't a huge f- fan of Oppenheimer. I'm yeah. I, I'm working with what I got. And, and fair enough. And like I I mean I remember like the, the Andrea Risboro pick last year. Like he he um, I love that Rise Riseboro. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you love that performance as well, and that was I kind do. of the, the one that wouldn't have been expected to make the cut. I, I think yeah. Sterling K. Brown, he might have been 50-50 on it. He, the SAG uh, 
people gave him a, a nomination, but it wasn't a for sure that he'd make this this list here. So that's good, and that's what I Cisco it's, it's hard. that where somebody who is maybe not on the outside of like the ones who are the like the the favorite or the front runner get, getting getting some acknowledgement here. So that's it's it, it's hard. I think this is a good example. Film criticism is very difficult because you are bringing in your own baggage, your own feelings when you're watching these movies and you have a history you know you, you have a history with, with with these actors and so a lot of that i mean i can't help but bring a lot of that into this and is robert de niro a better actor than sterling k brown probably but is this a better performance well that's that's it yeah i'm and looking I, at the performance I, I know i know i know but so yes yeah, and yeah robert me, robert de niro is probably he would always be yes. the best actor of this group downey jr included i think yeah um, yeah but to me, this is what like, I'm. Performance yeah, breaking is, it down. Like he's he has two Oscars for great performances from before. He yeah. maybe could have had three or four at this point, Robert De Niro. But you know, he, he wasn't my he wasn't my pick either. But so the way I guess like, both it being yeah. the career award or the uh, what what they've done previously type of thing. It's interesting to talk to about the history, that. but uh, Sterling K. Brown. I mean, he has a fairly recent history. But this is a completely different character than the one he, he's, he's played right. in other things. And I sure. think he did a great job. I think it was solid. I think he served a movie very well, a movie that uh, worked mm -hmm. extremely well, at least 90 to 90% of it did. Yeah. I, I don't know if I disappeared, though. I'm not sure if I ever stopped thinking I'm watching Sterling K. Brown in this. I, I forgot I was watching Robert Downey Jr. in, in Oppenheimer. And I was I forgot that I was watching uh, Robert De Niro as well in, in Killers. So that would be kind of the difference for me there. But yeah, um, but I think it's good. We broke it down. We didn't have, I was a little bit nervous about five-way ties or, or, or strange things like that happening. So we'll see how this goes okay. with the next category, which so is who Best won? Supporting who Actress. The winner is Sterling K. Brown oh, okay, good. with the most points. Um, yeah. yeah, you got. But you got your vote would so. be him. My vote would be Robert Downey Jr. So. All right, everyone. Hey, they've all won in life. They have. I'd <laughs> so be happy to go to the Oscars <laughs> too, and yeah. So that's fine. That's what well, I, I Somebody lost their Oscars. Like you know what? They I, won I in life. So. so the nominees for actress in a supporting role are Emily Blunt as Kitty Oppenheimer, Danielle Brooks as Sophia in The uh, Color Purple, America Ferreira as Gloria in Barbie. Jodie Foster as Bonnie Stoll in Nyad, and Divine, Divine Joy Randolph as Mary Lamb in The Holdovers. All right, one performance at a time here. So Emily Blunt as Kitty Oppenheimer is the first one we're talking about. Okay, back in 2018, because we, we keep doing history lessons with these actors a little bit, I was upset and still kind of am to this day that not only was Emily Blunt not the winner of Best Supporting Actress for... A Quiet Place, but she wasn't even nominated for that. A pretty much close to perfect performance. Yeah, that was a good one. She's been kind of on the outside. She, she's she been talked about for nominations, uh, going back to films like Girl on the Train and even back to The Devil Wears Prada, but would always not make the cut. Here we are, years into her career. She's a, a solid actor, gets lots of work. Her first Oscar nomination is playing Oppenheimer's wife. And I'm a little bit puzzled by it, other than this phenomenon I talked about with some other films where the Oppenheimer wave led to a series of people getting nominations. It was going to have the, whatever it is, the, the most nominations. And 
she's one of the people that was in the movie and we haven't rewarded her and here she is in it so let's nominate her that's maybe my unkind take on this nomination i love emily blunt she has some kind of tough emotional scenes at points i am gonna go under because you made it sound like i'm really gonna be like the defender of oppenheimer through these episodes here but i don't think christopher nolan kind of like michael mann and and directors like this he's not the best writer for women i don't think he gives female characters roles and sometimes they're happy to be in i'm sure they're always happy to be in his films but he doesn't always write great female female characters and i didn't see anything that elevated this from sadly being beyond like the wife of a historical figure role it's more serious than maybe those who've only watched her in some comedies or something but she was well within her range as a dramatic actor so i was waiting for the moment where this performance would stand out and i never really got there and there's another performance i'm going to mention in the could have been nominees for this category out of oppenheimer that i thought was somewhat stronger with less screen time so that's where i sit with this this nomination i wonder like are are we in the same place yeah Yeah, if you're going to say bad things about Oppenheimer, I'm probably going to be on board. No, I shouldn't say that. I <laughs> I did like Matt Matt Damon in Oppenheimer. I think he yeah. was he was good. But I do like I said, I think a lot of the performances were uh performances. Here we are. Here I am. Here's a performance. Um as opposed to a seamless seamless kind of thing. But no, I don't uh nothing I I have no problem with Emily Blunt. I think she's uh She's a good actress. I, I also was a big fan of uh, Quiet Place. But no, there was nothing really memorable about that role. And I, I think the crux of the thing is like she's being cheated on a, yeah. a lot. And his work is his everything. And she's left to raise the children and do everything on her own. So she's kind of a single mother, even though she's married to this, this genius guy and she has to wrestle with that and there's some tough moments in her life right, right? but and i would yeah and i would say it was a serviceable performance serviceable, but it's, but yeah but it's, that, you have emily blunt like kind of give her more to do i mean she is i can she she's kind of a younger british meryl streep i mean i think in some ways she could do most anything if you're if you give her more to do but this story and it and i'm not asking for another hour of material which is about her, but I just think there's... No, that, that's long enough. I felt like Christopher Nolan could just had access to anybody he wanted. And oh, he, so he, he like just loaded loaded the movie up with uh, yeah. an all-star. That, that could be a little bit of a nightmare, though, too, if you have a bunch of egos in there. But yeah, I'm, anyway, I'm sure it's, it's a... In some ways, it's a, a bit of a puzzling nomination. I just wanted to add a thought on with Matt Damon. If he was to be nominated for something, take a look at his performance in Air. That was a really I haven't seen solid, that yeah, really solid. You know, it's a comedy, but it was also like you know based on a true story, and it, it was a reminder like he can play leading roles and he can play different types of roles really well. There, I I was happy to see him in this, but I never thought to myself, oh gosh, Matt Damon's completely disappeared. Um, no, well, Matt no, is, uh, I don't know. I, I liked him in this. I liked him more than. I like Matt Damon. I'm I'm happy to yeah, see yeah. him in anything. I mean, yeah. but let's go to our our next nominee. Maybe that um, was the idea of the double feature of Barbie and Oppenheimer. Like you see Barbie, like we're fighting the patriarchy, and then you see Oppenheimer, like well, they see there's the patriarchy you're fighting. That, that was that was a bit of the irony. I <laughs> yeah. think it was commented on at the time, actually. Okay. But, 
Well, now I know. I've well, seen it. Danielle Brooks playing Sophia in the color purple. This was, I believe, Oprah's role from from the original film. Uh, to me, the, the color purple was the best movie of 1985. Very powerful, uh, tough film to watch. I and mean, it's not one you put on like all the time. And then it was turned into a Broadway musical. And this is more of a film adaptation of the Broadway musical. Spielberg and Oprah were on board. They produced it. Whoopi Goldberg has a cameo in it. But it was, this is again, a little bit more about the film than the performance. We'll get to the performance in a moment, but I wasn't sure that this was a re very necessary movie. And I was happy to, you know, see what is the, because I have not seen the, the Broadway show, how was this interpreted into a musical? And maybe potentially there could be some, some added lever, level of power to it with, with the music there. And I was excited about this, this Daniel Brooks. I think she maybe was, in the Broadway cast. Fantasia Barino played the Whoopi Goldberg role. I'm a little bit puzzled by this nomination as well. I feel like I'm really hard on supporting actress some years. I, I get that like this is a character who at this time reverses things in her relationship and it's she has the man serving her, which is the complete opposite of what's happening uh, with uh, Fantasia Barino's character. But I, like there's some singing, I guess, and the character is there and then disappears for a while and comes back again. But I wasn't sure what overall impact this performance had on the whole color purple itself versus Oprah's performance uh, was incredibly strong. And I think if it wasn't for Angelica Houston, she would have won an Oscar um, in the same category for the original film, which was the adaptation of that uh of, of the novel so yeah this is another one that's a little bit lost on me is why all through the award season emily blunt as well as danielle brooks were nominated but i i'm i'm a little bit lost on this one as well but maybe you can enlighten me kurt okay well i um this was a good role for her um i i kept watching it thinking i i know i've seen her in something before but she was in orange is the new black okay yeah which i hadn't seen in some years so i didn't remember that that's where i had, had seen her but Forgot that she was in it. And I had for it was it's been a couple of years, so I I, 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 I watched that show yeah. a lot too. So that's maybe yeah, so I, I didn't remember that that's where I had seen her. But I was, oh yes, yes, um, I liked the color purple very much. Um, but I think that in all fairness, I was a big fan of the original as well. I love the original color purple, and I think when I was watching the movie, I was waiting for the scenes that I enjoyed from the original. Like, oh, when's it coming? So it was kind of, I, I, I agree, it, it possibly wasn't necessary. I mean, it was it was a musical, but it didn't seem like the songs were the strongest part. No. Like the musical numbers weren't necessarily strong. And there weren't even, there didn't seem, seem to be a lot of musical numbers for what was a musical. Or maybe, it, most of it wasn't a musical. But then all of a sudden, maybe they would start you know, a song. I think that's what, what hurt it as far as like yeah. other awards attention. I know there was this, this thought they, they pretty much thought the ship is sunk when it didn't get a, a nomination for best picture of the golden globes, which recognizes musical and comedy category. Yeah. And the, the two performances were nominated, but yeah, I, 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 I don't know. This was a, a very much a talked about film. Like this is going to be one of the big Oscar types of films. And this is the only nomination it has. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's I'm, probably I'm, not as good. It's probably I'm just so not happy for her that she gets to go to the the ceremony. We've talked about this before, but well, 
was yeah. I, I I like her, and I think she did she did really good work in Orange and the Black, even though I forgot she was on it. Uh, <laughs> but I now then when I was reminded, I was like, yes, I remember her, the role she played. Um, but I thought she did a good role. I've given I I am giving her high marks. I did enjoy the movie, but you would probably be you would probably you would you could probably just watch the original movie and that yes. would be fine. You don't even have to watch this movie per se. Yeah. But it was uh, I guess it was the same as watching like watching a if you like like I liked I like Fiddler on the Roof. So I might go see a production of Fiddler on the Roof. It's not going to be the same people, but maybe I would still enjoy it because I enjoy the characters and I enjoy the scenes where Seely stands up to her husband and I enjoy yeah. the I Lou Gossett Jr. is in this movie. You know, yes. Yeah, so yeah. 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 So um, He's a horrible but, character. but the original was uh, Adolf Caesar, you know, mm -hmm. he, he was a great actor as well. So it's just it's it, it's interesting seeing basically a remake and it and, and it, 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 it it hits all the beats as the original. As you say, it probably wasn't necessary. It felt like the, it felt like the the Cole's Notes or Reader's Digest version. Like it, yeah, really did kind of skip past. I mean, it's there, but it's not there where I I was in agony with the characters in 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 the, like the first film. Here, I was just like going through. I mean, the the running time. I mean, I think it was two and a half hours. Is similar yeah. type of running time to the original, but Coleman. Uh, Domingo, who's having a really good year, we'll be talking about him in the lead actor category. He doesn't have anywhere the impact that Danny Glover did. I mean, you know, again, this is turning into a review of the yeah. color purple. But what is it? Talk about it. But what? But what is it like talking about it and its purpose and all that seems more interesting than talking about this performance. What is it that she does? Like she can sing, yes, and she's there. But what does she do that is an Oscar nomination worthy performance? Sounds like you're going to be giving her some some points here. So what what exactly well, is it? I mean, well, maybe I won't. Then <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to do what you want. You know, it's a free because I I don't know. It shows it shows her doing work that I had not seen before. Like I said, I did I did have a memory of seeing Orange Is Black and seeing what she was capable of there, and this was seeing her playing a whole a completely different role. I haven't seen her in a lot of stuff. Um, I thought she served the movie well. I thought she played the role well. Did Oprah play it better? I, I I haven't seen the original Color Purple in some time, but I thought she did. I remember well. Oprah's performance. I don't think I'm going to remember this one in, in a year, never mind in uh, 10 years. Well, who else, do, who else do we have up for this? Uh, Jodie Foster. Well, I'm so just looking, we're skipping ahead, but I, I have to compare her to the other 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 yeah. performances as well here. Yeah. And, and, and perhaps they didn't make as much is is did her performance is it going to make an impact on me am i going to be thinking about it i'm not going to be i'm not necessarily going to be thinking about america ferrara oh no well let's go into american ferrara because so i don't mean to skip ahead but the thing is i also have to put her her performance in context with the other ones the other four i agree and that's yeah. what i was gaining on you about yeah. with uh, Downey Jr. there, but yeah. America Ferreira is Gloria. That's when the entire Barbie movie changed for me. So this is a performance that we I think it. was very worthy of a nomination. It wasn't a guaranteed thing. I love the monologue. Some people might yes. not that, but that monologue was impactful. It, it made a point. It made me think. And uh, it changed it from being a silly comedy where 
I didn't find a whole lot funny in the first half of Barbie, to be honest. Colorful, mm-hmm. yes, looked good and, and all that, but very superficially was was enjoying it. But I was like, what's the big deal? Until she comes in, and then for the rest of the movie, when it becomes more of a social satire, and I, I think she really changed that film. Like, it was a screenplay change as well, but America Ferrera was fantastic in the movie, and so I, I'm going to remember that performance a lot more than... I'll have forgotten Danielle okay. Brooks' name shortly after we're we're done this, unless hopefully she does something that is memorable to me in the future. But but I'm not going to forget America Ferrera's contribution to to Barbie. It's it it's a very very worthy nominee, and I'm glad that she made the cut. You do you disagree? Uh no. I thought she was good. I thought the character. I like that monologue as well. Um, I think that possibly that role could have been played by a lot of people just as effectively is that fair um what who who would who would you pick because she's also a a a latina woman so that was you know uh and that was a factor in in the whole idea of the the, you know the the image of barbie as this blonde you know right white woman with you know this impossible body that nobody could keep you know achieve and that this you know this woman now has such great memories of of barbie and now she's kind of going through her life and she's you know trying to be a good mother and all of that but she's really seen what's how some of those standards have affected her life but also she doesn't outright hate barbie but she hates what society has done I, I mean i think it's a really compelling performance that the way that america the choices america ferrera makes in there i think are very much i, I only see her in that role i, I, I maybe somebody okay. else i didn't see you know the casting for this there could there could be some others out there back in the day uh a really terrific actor i've been thinking about a lot lately elizabeth pena would have been fantastic in this role uh, may she rest in peace but if the movie had been made in the 1990s, she would have been fabulous. But mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm sure there are others that maybe could have done that. But the impact is strong, right? I'm not saying this is my choice, but the, but this is, okay. I, you know, um, if Listen, I'm thinking about is... impact versus the other, the first two nominees we talked about, I think anybody, you had Emily Blunt, anybody I would agree with you in the Oppenheimer could have filled that right. role and it would have been just as fine, you know? But but here, I mean, I, I I really don't. I think it's a great performance from America Ferrera, who is still she's around, but I think she's actually a little bit of an underrated actor because she as, right. as first film she does a lot of television work mostly now. So yeah, this like I said, this this was a hard one. This was a lot harder for me than the actor, yeah. the supporting actor. So and so you like the monologue and you, you kind of like, but I but thought she, she did. I thought make she, much of an impact. I, I thought she did strong work. I don't know. Did, did she make an impact? Yeah, I guess with, with the monologue, she made an impact. Um, I like the, the earlier scenes, too, and when she's trying to negotiate her life kind of before Barbie, you know, literally pops into her world. I, I, I think all that worked quite well, and, like, especially towards the end. But, I mean, she had that big moment to shine in, a, in the supporting category. For sure. Yeah. I, I remember uh, Will, William Hurt gave this great performance in A History of Violence. He shows up towards the end of the film, and it's kind of a one-scene type of role. But he made such an impact in that film. These years later, I, I think about that performance. He didn't have to, Amer- nor did America Ferrera. She's in a lot of scenes, but mm-hmm. she didn't have to carry the whole film like Margot Robbie kind of had to. So it's it's a bit of a different thing. For sure, but like, did anyway? I think yeah, we're maybe on different places there. Jodie Foster, hard one. 
Like I don't, I, I don't, I don't disagree with you. It might be a movie yeah. that I have to revisit. You know, I'm, I'm sure she, I didn't have, I didn't have an issue with her performance. I think she served the movie well. Yeah. So I don't want to seem, I, I don't want to seem like I don't, I didn't enjoy her performance or didn't appreciate it because I did. Yeah, I think it goes back to a point. The point you were making is that well, did she make any more of a difference than Danielle Brooks did in? The color purple and night we're just in different. And I places. just and and it's and it's a hard and and even that is a hard choice to make. Mm-hmm. And I, I I I I guess I'm judging that. Yeah, I don't know. Judging that on the scale, I guess Daniel Brooks had to sing and you know choreography and then and I, I I thought she did a good. I thought she did good work in in the role. So that's just that's just where I was at yeah. with that. Okay, Jodie Foster in, in Nyad. True story about you know this this woman who wanted to swim from Cuba to Miami and it was an enormous challenge and she was relentless and went over and over again and then Foster's playing her longtime friend and her coach. I'll start off with something I appreciate about Nyad because I you know I. I think rightly so. I mean, it's not in any other categories. These two performances, Benning and uh, and Foster, are nominated. But this was this was a movie, and I mean, it is again based on a book and a true story and all all that. So I mean, the relationship is a relationship. But I think in a lot of movies, if you have two uh, women who are lesbians, then they have to be lovers, or they have to be almost married or whatever. They establish right away that that they happen to be lesbian, but they are friends and. Mm-hmm really like a demanding friendship and Jodie Foster and again maybe maybe because I'm happy she doesn't do a movie all the time like she's she does movie every few years and I'm always happy to see her in it I think she does a really great job of this and it's the harder role I think of the two because it's less flashy she's reacting and having to support the more colorful Annette Benning character and I think she does a great job of it but she asserts her own authority because Foster is a strong presence in anything that she's in. So we we end up paying attention to her when the, uh, another actor, I think, could be swallowed up by how big Benning's character and that, that, that role and that performance is. But she's a strong enough character to the point where, I mean, again, kind of paint by numbers, true story of this, like the, the crisis points and all these where she really backs away and she's like, I, I'm not going to be taking this from you uh anymore and i think she's very effective in those scenes the coaching scenes are are amazing plus she's kind of keeping all of these you know good-hearted people who are trying to keep naiad alive as she's doing this swim going and keeping them on time and 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 taking care of it it's a it's a really terrific performance from something that could be you know in lesser hands a tv movie of the week type of thing all right so right that's why I really like Jodie Foster. Is this her best performance of her career? No, but I think it's a very strong um, performance from her, and I'm I'm happy she made made the list. So that's where we stand on that one. What do you think? Yeah, I thought she was good at it. I I enjoyed Nyad. Um, I was familiar with the Nyad story because I had read a book, her her memoir, where she explains everything that happened, and. I yeah I I I agree that the f- friendship was a uh, portrayed well and yeah as I said I I talk about people are serving the story serving the movie well and I thought she she did a good uh, she did uh, good work in the movie because I believe that that book that you read was the basis for for the film I don't know if it was I don't know if I saw it in the was credits. it written by Nyad it was her, yeah she yeah, wrote it yeah. Yeah. her her memoir know, biography yeah. was was I think the source material for for this so. Uh, 
And I don't remember, although I read the book a couple of years ago, my my takeaway, my memory of the book is I don't remember I don't remember much about the coach character. Mm-hmm. Um, that wasn't what I took away from the yeah. book. Whereas the movie, it's definitely a strong um, strong element. Yeah, I mean that really is the central relationship, and yeah, you know, there's the kind of the uh, woman versus nature versus this challenge, but also there's that friendship and how far you're going to go for your best friend. I, I think it was a really interesting dynamic and two, you know, two great roles for uh, yeah. middle-aged women who have been underrepresented at times in, in cinema. I don't think, again, Jodie Foster and Annette Benning. I think if they call somebody on the phone saying, I'm ready to work, there are people that are going to call them. They, they managed to survive mm-hmm. those years where a lot of, um, up and coming young actors suddenly there they there's a missing persons alert. Um, Benny, in fact, I think she she got better and better and better, and she started off pretty strong there with her certainly her first nomination in 1990 for the Grifters. So and she nearly okay. won she nearly won for American Beauty, but I think rightly so. Hilary Swank beat her for Boys Don't Cry. This is not the the role that she's going to win for, but we're not talking about Best Actress yet. But but I. Right. Yeah, I'm just happy to see Foster working, and I'm happy to see her back at the Oscars as well. Then, Divine, Joy Randolph as Mary Lamb in The Holdovers. I really enjoy The Holdovers. So as you're talking about the, you know, the, the, the film down to the, uh, the the performances, she has some really strong scenes here and there. Mm-hmm. I kind of early on was hearing before I saw the film that this is, this is the role to beat in this category. Right. And so I think I had an idea, like I heard a little bit. I try not to hear too much. I want to form kind of totally my own opinions on on a performance, but some of the background of her character, the tragic uh, angle of her character, even though it is a comedy. And I thought that might be milked a little bit more in the screenplay than it was. There was a great restraint and a great restraint in the performance because it it's not kind of uh, necessarily a shouting at God uh, why is my son taken away from me and, and and that kind of thing? It's in her daily actions. Her routine is what settles her. But when the routine's disrupted over this, you know, this Christmas holiday with this young man and Paul Giamatti, and she's going out and to, to that Christmas party, which had a lot of kind of awkward moments, uh, and then she starts to act out in kind of these these weird ways. And it's all very much connected to how she is feeling and how she's trying to cope with this first Christmas without her, her son. And, you know, I, I, I think it's a, just a, a marvelous performance among, you know, two other marvelous performances in a marvelous screenplay. So uh, I get what the hype is about. I don't know if, if she was up against an, another year against some other nominees, whether I would be voting for this performance or not, but, Looking at, at at this crop of of actors and supporting actress this year, then I I, I think it's almost a no brainer for me. There are a few that I will mention that could have been nominated that might have been made it a little bit more of a competition, but I, I think this is this is kind of the performance in this category I'm landing on. What what are your thoughts on? Yeah, I I would I agree with you on that. I enjoyed the holdovers very much. It's a it's a very charming movie. It's a a slow burn kind of character study and the the undercurrent of the movie is the vietnam war is is happening and she her role is of course the 
she's the one that's experienced the uh, loss. And, you know, she's portraying grief throughout. And yes. grief is grief is an interesting thing to experience because it just it you never quite you never quite know how it's going to be expressed. Mm-hmm. And she gets to Defensive about like there's a song playing at the party and that was her son's favorite. She gets defensive about that and she finally just breaks down. And she's also be- being kind of like motherly, you know. And she's and she's uh towards towards the uh, people who are who are stuck behind. And I I did I was aware that this was a, a front runner. I've seen her before. I've seen her acting before. She was in Only Murders in the Building. That's and, right. Um, and I know she won a Golden. Below. but despite all that i i was just i was very impressed with her performance in this in this uh, this movie yeah i, I think oh, there's yeah. some other pieces in there i mean she, she's working it's the 1970s uh for those who haven't seen the film and this is a yeah. very exclusive all boys boarding school and she worked extremely hard as 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 the cook and running the kitchen there and worked hard and found ways that her son could go to this elite school and get a solid education to be able to lead him into more opportunities than she would have had. And then he hears the call and he gets drafted. He goes to Vietnam and tragically dies. And she has done all this work and worked so hard. And now it seems like it's it's all for naught so that she can live out the rest of her life serving these entitled, primarily white students. And some of them are, are real jerks. And we see that in in some of the early scenes. So there's a, a real kind of element of tragedy there, but she doesn't play it as a victim or or a tragic character. It's just the grief comes up when it comes up, and we see right. that in interactions. And you know, there's yeah, there's a couple little moments there where I think I got a little bit weepy in that in that performance. And and uh, towards the end, when she's connecting with her family, but she was kind of avoiding doing and. The scene, the scene where she visits her family and she takes her son's stuff is just, yeah. just, it's just beautiful. So, um, that's why I think she should win. Um, yeah. right there. Anyway, I didn't know I was going to get emotional about that. No, that moment. Yeah. Yeah. The power of a great movie. So anyway, um, and a great performance. So that's probably yeah, <laughs> yeah. again. I've thrown all my cards in the air on this one, but uh, yeah, I'm 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 kind of not always with the front runner crowd in uh, uh, with the Academy, but I seem to be with the two categories we're talking about in this episode. So yeah, are you ready to do the points thing? Well, Emily Blunt. I'm guessing even one point too. Is that yeah one yeah. Shame on me, <laughs> Emily. <laughs> she's gonna, f- 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 she's gonna seek me out. Yeah, find yeah. me, shame me. Her husband won't cast you in his next movie, I guess. Okay, so Danielle Brooks, how many did you give? I gave her a four. And America Ferrera. You, you try playing that role. It's it's difficult. Oh well, yeah, I know. All right, so America Ferrera, I gave her a three. Jodie Foster, two. Divine Joy Randolph. Five. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, we were not completely agreeing, but we're agreeing, I think, probably where it matters the most. Um, I would give two points to Emily Blunt in Oppenheimer. Danielle Brooks, one. I just 
made zero impact on my life. And I'm just, I feel bad about it. I feel like there's something I'm missing. And I was just, I, I still don't know what I'm missing there. America Ferreira, four points. And then Jody Foster, I'm uh, giving three to. And of course, uh, obviously, if I break down in tears about a performance, uh, unless it's a, a bad Adam Sandler performance, then I'm in tears for the wrong reasons here. But yeah. for all the right reasons for Divine Joy Randolph, for the holdovers there. So we both gave that one five. So, yes, not a surprise. Divine Joy Randolph gets 10 points and would win and would win for both of us. So gets gets the highest number of points. Then America Ferreira gets seven. Uh, then we have a tie for third between Danielle Brooks and Jody Foster with five. And then Emily Blunt uh, would be shed from the nominees because she only gets three. So we we have a tie here and we can keep it as four nominees. But I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that... It's just we won't have a tiebreaker because I would vote for Jodie Foster. You'd vote for Danielle Brooks. So I think we we shed it only down to to four nominees here. So they would be Danielle Brooks for The Color Purple, America Ferreira for Barbie, Jodie Foster for Nyad, and Divine Joy Randolph for The Holdovers. And Divine Joy Randolph would win. So hopefully right, this wasn't too painful. I seems like we always start with these supporting categories and we, we, we get into disagreements here. So it feels more intense than it maybe should be. But yes. I appreciate you doing all this work and I will maybe have one or two more episodes kind of depending on things. Now, uh, now do you have anybody who should have been nominated? Do you have any? Yes, you thank to add? you for reminding me of that. Yeah, to me, well, you go, with, go with yours first. Who do you have that... Uh, Oh, let me see. It was well. I was going to mention. I was going to mention Phoebe Waller-Bridge and in Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. I enjoyed. I liked her. That. Yes, I enjoyed her in it. I enjoyed her role in it, um, and I enjoyed that movie. That movie was a gift. Yeah. I, I don't understand the hate for it. I, I really enjoy it too. Yes, oh, good. I good. You, you liked it. it. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 I don't I'm know. Gonna, it's, I'm it's not a Ferrazzi, is it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. For what? I don't remember the categories, but it's in. It's, in okay. for a couple Razzie, like remake, worst remake, sequel, some category oh. like that. Yeah, terrible. I'm gonna give an acknowledgement. I might be mispronouncing her name, but Issa Ray. Yes. she was very good in American Fiction. She also had a role in Barbie. She was good in that as well. Right. I don't know. It's not. It's not the crime of the century that she wasn't nominated. I guess, but she was. She was very good. I also like the um, um, from uh, Tra- Tracy Ellis. Uh, uh, it's three the, names. The other she, woman who is an American, she's from Blackish, the TV show Blackish, and she yeah. plays Jeffrey Wright's sister. I, I think she has some really good scenes in there too. Oh yeah, yeah. Everybody in that movie was strong, really. Yeah. What it comes down to. I was seeing if there was another anyone else actress. Yeah, that were those were some of the ones. Those were my mentions. I, I had a, a few for this category. I had mentioned somebody else. I think Florence Pugh in Oppenheimer actually gives a better performance. She is a woman that Oppenheimer meets and and has an affair with, and you know kind of in the film for for a few scenes i think her scenes are a little bit more colorful a little bit more energetic there's a little bit more to it if if they were going to nominate a a female actor from oppenheimer i think i would i would vote for her over emily blunt which breaks my heart because emily blunt is one of my favorites so but the person who could have made this interesting an interesting conversation for me would have been julianne moore for may december again i thought this was maybe a lock wasn't that a lead Um, though she was she was submitted for supporting actress. Oh. Um, they separated Portman and and Julianne Moore. She was up for the Golden Globe 
uh, for Best Supporting Actress. Uh, there was some early talk that she, either it'd be between her and Joy, um, Divine Joy Randolph, for, for the award. It's a really unsettling performance. And um, yeah. you, you think you know what this character is about initially, and then you're confused. And her last scene and her last line to Natalie Portman in the movie is bone chilling. It is a great performance. Julianne Moore has been great for ages. And sometimes yeah. people maybe forget about that. But I, I think this is quite a different role from her and, and her, her best in a while there. So I definitely would have nominated her. I think it's it's very odd. And then a recent one for me, she could have been a double nominee. She did get a, a lead actress nomination. But Sandra Holler in the zone of interest. Uh, she plays the the wife of a commandant who, and they live in the house outside of Auschwitz III. Yeah. And she gives a very frustrating and sort of unlikable characters. There's a power and an uncomfortableness to that performance. And the fact that like, you know, an interesting story, like very much that since she's, she plays a character who has had nothing and now has everything and does not want to let it go. And right. it's, yeah, it, it's, it, it's chilling. It's a chilling performance. But then, to me, she's a completely different character, but an interestingly morally gray character in uh, Anatomy of a Fall uh, as well. So oh, she's in that too. I haven't seen that yet. She, yeah, she's up yeah. for Best Actress, and she's uh, she's the lead in that film. Oh, okay. I didn't really know she, she's of German descent. I did not really know about her before this year on this award season, but she's made two very very strong impressions with me, and thought if if the zone of interest had kind of crept a little bit into the acting categories as well as how, how well it did in some other c- categories. That might have been a place where she potentially could have been nominated as well. And okay. I think certainly the last two I mentioned, I think, are maybe more worthy nominees than, than some of the ones we were talking about. Uh, but okay. I don't I don't have a vote in it, so I, you know. Um, but anyway, thank you so much for this. I hopefully didn't hurt your feelings with Robert Downey Jr. And- no, no. Pulling you out on America for whatever I was doing there, but uh, I think it's fun to, in 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 memory of Siskel and Ebert, to kind of go back and forth a little bit. Hopefully, but yeah, yeah, no, you didn't hurt my feelings. feelings. No, no, I, I, <laughs> All I was good. afraid last year that I did. That uh, anyway, so, no, no, I'm, it is I'm fine. Okay. Siskel yeah. and Ebert, they they didn't care if they hurt each other's feelings. No, <laughs> I think they respected each other, but I I, I wonder that it's a that new day. It's a new day. They didn't know each other that well. I mean. Roger Ebert didn't even know that Gene Siskel was was sick, you know. Oh. Yeah, until until it was the public knew about it. So weird. But I appreciate you being on the show again, and we'll probably do one or two more of these, as I said. And in the meantime, as well, I'm, I'll be producing a lot of shows in the next little while with a, a whole variety of reasons. But uh, please check out other podcasts. A lifetime of Hallmark. How's that one going? Oh yeah, that's right. We're gonna have you on that. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to yeah. that. And what, what was the the last movie that you uh, you reviewed for it? Oh God, let's see. I have to look that one up. Oh, we did. Let's see. What the last one we did was I'm looking it up right now. Yeah, Lifetime Hallmark. We did a Winter Winter Castle, which was a oh. Hallmark movie. And before that, yeah. we did The Wrong Life Coach, which with um, Meredith Thomas is one of the Lifetime queens, and she mm-hmm. she was on our she was on that episode with us. So. Oh, was she? Yeah. Yes, yeah, she comes oh, on. Cool. Yeah. Oh, really cool. Yeah. I um I am almost thinking I I, I didn't 
think initially I, that would be this, but I might be more of a Hallmark person than I am a Lifetime person. I thought it would be the opposite, given like the types of, of you know mainstream movies that I, I like. But uh, yeah, it'll be, it'll be fun to go back on. And I was uh, I was nervous the first time on your, your show there. I had all these notes and I was like, oh, three... I'm- Three really funny professional actors, and I, you know, I, I felt like I, you know, I thought you were good. I, I remember it was it was a good episode. We, it was yeah. the, the movie with Sybil Shepherd and Steve Gutenberg. Yeah, Steve Gutenberg. Yeah, I, yeah, I, uh, I enjoyed that a lot. So, yeah, um, please check that out. Of course, our, our mutual friend Larry and Rankin Review uh, keep supporting uh, that show. Look at his website and download his episodes. He had a an unfortunate technical thing that happened where his website had to be revived, but it looked like episode 237 or 39 was his first episode. Um, oh, so yeah. check those out. Also, uh, Lindsay's show, Schlock and Awe, and uh, Matt's show, uh, uh, Film Feast. All friends of the Shelf Shedding Movie Show, and uh, please uh, support their uh, uh, their podcasts, all independent podcasts. We just do it for the, the love of what we do there. And, and uh, as my usual send-off, Please be safe and be kind to one another and uh, support the movies, whether they are Oscar-worthy movies or they are uh, movies that you enjoy watching and nobody else does. And you just in, uh, just keep supporting cinema and supporting the people that make the movies, the writers and the actors and directors and all the tech people because they work super hard to entertain us. And until then, thank you so until much.